What is up, everyone? It is an exciting day in the Red Sea. We have a general manager not named Steve Kime for the first time in a long time. And I am joined by my friend Troy Honecker. Thank you for being here, Troy. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's, you know, the the vibes are up these days, you know, a good press conference. Uh, we'll go into it later. But, you know, this is his hiring is like a history franchise breaking almost, you know, this is a, a new world, a new era as it were, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it and excited to get the start the new year off on a good foot. Nice. Yeah, me too. I, I am. I am excited about the change. We'll talk about that more. We're joined by some folks already in the chat. Thanks for being here. We got Tony height, Frank Riker, Brian, Brian Flores. Uh, we'll talk about this later, maybe both or neither. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, we got Grandizer holding down the chat. Thank you for all that you do, Grandizer. Appreciate you. Chris says no, Frank Reich. Uh, Marcus Langoni says kind of like Frank Reich. Uh, Mono187 says Reich is greater than Flores. Um, there's a lot of opinions about the coaches, uh, potential coaches, and we will get to that. So let's let's kind of do a little quick kind of you know synopsis for anyone who's not been following the news. Um, and I think if you're here, you probably have to some degree at least. Um, of what's gone on in Cardinals land. So obviously, um, you know, recently it was announced that Monty Austinfort uh, was hired as the Cardinals general manager. Um, he came to us from the Tennessee Titans organization. And, you know, this is just his Wikipedia kind of, uh, you know, career history as an executive. Um, you know, he had a couple stints as an intern, which is often, often that's how people kind of start out their, you know, front office career, you know, getting coffee, cutting film, doing whatever they can, wherever they can, you know, with the Vikings and the Texans and the Patriots, then uh, a job with the Texans. And then, uh, then he came back to the Patriots. And this is really, I would say the, the defining stretch of his career, you know, starting as an, an area scout, then a national scout, then assistant director of college scouting, and then finally as the director of college scouting for the New England Patriots from 2006 through 2019, a stretch in which they won four Super Bowls. Um, and it's an organization that's that's widely respected in terms of, of, you know, how they build their rosters and their drafting. You know, they struggle with receivers and maybe running back sometimes in the draft. Uh, but in terms of, you know, drafting offensive linemen and defensive players, um, and in particular, I, I think they're really good in rounds from rounds two on. Maybe their first round picks are a little hit and miss, depending on the you know they, they haven't missed on all of them like 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 we have it seems like. Uh, but they're better in the later rounds. And, but they they also value like second round picks a lot if you follow the way the Patriots do things. Um, and you know you, you build a good roster that way. You know those later rounds are vital. Um, so, you know, this is where he cut his teeth. And from his experience there, he moved on to the Tennessee Titans and uh, he was director of player personnel. And then he was sent, you know, brought here. Um, you know, some people have criticized, you know, his time with Tennessee because of the AJ Brown trade. Um, he didn't, you know, he wasn't the general manager. He didn't make that trade to what degree he was involved. Who knows? I suspect though his role with the Titans was probably more focused on scouting in the draft. Um, but, you know, I, I, I tweeted something about this. I, I'm a believer in process over results that you set, you get the right process in place and you will have good results long-term. If you base your decisions over short-term results, the ebbs and flows of things can skew that. So, you know, every general manager makes some bad moves. So even if he was involved in the AJ Brown trade that people panned them for, um, 
I'm not going to make a decision based on that. I'm going to look at the fact that he's learned a good set of processes with, with the Patriots. And I want to take a chance on that kind of guy. Uh, so then, you know, I, I tweeted a, a something else about him uh, just from, you know, things I've observed. And I think is pretty common knowledge about the Patriots. I don't think there's anything in here. That's all that, that revelation oriented, but uh, you know, if Austin Ford does things, the Patriots way, don't expect big splash signings and free agency. That's not something the Pats have done typically once in a while. But they do a lot of signing their own, building through the draft. And then they what they do is they go sign guys who are mid-tier free agents that fit what they do, and they get really good results from them. Like Matthew Judon is an example. that He wasn't like a big splash signing, but look what he's done in their system, right? That's what they do. And then I also you know, mentioned here they're also known for preferring to be out a year early rather than a year too late on players. They're more likely, you know, they, they don't want to be caught too late. They, they'll, you know, and sometimes – Sometimes that becomes a miss for them. Certainly, you know, they cut Chandler Jones, uh, you know, loose way too early, but they still traded and got something for him at least, right? You know, uh, that's better than being out a year too late. Um, But they've also, a lot of times that's worked out for them, right? On players that go somewhere else, get big money, and don't end up working out. So so the point for that is don't, don't expect aging vets, which is something that the Cardinals have kind of built the rosters on in a problematic way. Um, so then, you know, uh, one thing I want to do, shout, throw a shout out here to Grimdark, someone who's a, a supporter of the channel and a member of the Discord. And he posted in Discord here a quote that's from a Darren Urban article about Monty Austin Ford's hire. Uh, and says, other than Buddy Ryan's tenure as head coach and GM in 1994 and 1995, Austin Ford is the first Cardinals GM to be hired from outside the organization since Joe Sullivan came from Washington to man the role from 1973 to 1979. Larry Wilson was in charge from 1980 through 93. And after Ryan, Bob Ferguson, Rod Graves, and Kime were all promoted from within the team. And we talked about this a little earlier. We can talk about this more. But bringing someone in from the outside is long overdue. And, you know, if, if the one GM they brought from outside is Buddy Ryan, a coach slash GM, that's not, that's not the right thing. <laughs> that's, that does, that's not solving the problem. So they brought someone in from outside who's going to bring a new set of processes um, so then they had the press conference and he talked about his vision for the team. Some of the things that, you know, drew, he, you know, that drew him to this job, some of his plans and, and, and such, and, you know, and he answered questions from the media and overall, I think drew pretty favorable views from people. People really seem to like him from everything I, I, I've sort, you know, seen and heard online from the feedback. And again, we can talk about that more and your, your, your views on that. Um, um, and then, you know, he did the standard, you know, photo op stuff at the end with Michael Bidwell and then with his family. Um, and I, you know, I did a poll uh, on my YouTube channel uh, community page and generally it was pretty favorable. You know, there were 8% of people who loved the, the hire uh, 68% said they were optimistic 22%. I'm not so sure about this guy. And 1% hated. Um, and it's worth a note worth noting that I put this poll up before the press conference. So I want, I'd be curious how much, you know, this might've changed if I, if it was just after the press conference, because there was a lot of positive kind of, uh, you know, reaction to that. And then, you know, with his connections though, with the Patriots, there's been a lot of speculation that Brian Flores is now might be considered the leading candidate for the job because he worked with Monty Austin Ford during his time in New England. Uh, and, you know, I will tell you from what I have seen, the fan reaction to that has been negative um, by and large. Uh, some people are lukewarm on it, but most people I'm seeing commenting 
seem to be opposed to that. Now, maybe that's just the vocal, you know, minority speaking up there. Um, but a couple other quick notes, and then we'll get into, you know, your thoughts, uh, Troy. Um, you know, former Colts coach Frank Reich interviewed today for the Arizona Cardinals open head coaching position per sources, uh, tweeted out by Dan Graziano of ESPN. Uh, and that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, we knew he was a candidate out there. It's just we hadn't heard that anything was scheduled with him. So it was a little surprised that, oh, look, he interviewed today. You know, that, that we didn't even know that was coming. Um, it's not to me surprised necessarily that he was interviewed. It's just that we didn't hear about it. Um, and then one other note that, you know, to me, I think is relevant. I think you probably uh, were thought this was a candidate that we should be looking at. Uh, ben Johnson, offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions, has informed teams that he is staying in Detroit per sources. That was uh, tweeted out by Tom Pelsero. So, you know, this is an offensive coordinator who put together a really good offense with the Detroit Lions. A lot of people thought he was going to be a sought-after candidate, and he, you know, he had some interviews scheduled, um, and did an interview with the Panthers, looks like. Um, no, he was slated to interview with the Panthers Wednesday, but he's not going to. Um, he's a guy that I would have loved for head coach, but he is now off the market, for, at least for this year. And that is kind of what's gone on. There might be a few more things. So, Troy, what do you think about the Monty Austin Fort hire? You know, I'm, there's a lot of tied dust here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the more optimistic camp. I think, like, again, you can't get a whole lot of worse than Kime. Uh, also, particularly the fact that this year Kime was kind of non-existent. And so <laughs> someone around better than no one. And I think I'm really happy that's an outside hire. Um, I get, we've always talked about how Cardinals are very insular and very kind of hiring and thin as that coat reinforced. So it's nice that Bidwell seemingly is hearing um the criticism and reacting accordingly to it um uh monty wasn't my number one hope pick but again I, my ideas of the gm were like eh, it's all crapshoot kind of in the end but like i was kind of more in the ian cunningham the guys who were from like, the eagles and the ravens because again they were very analytics focused and has a strong background in that where monty i don't believe is but i know he has a quote in his press conference today saying that they plan on using both um tools to kind of do their scouting reports but you know um again came from the patriots very well respected um well beloved throughout the league and i'm optimistic some things to worry about is like i guess he's interviewed a lot in the past and has never seemingly got the job so that always kind of raises an eyebrow but you know that's there's only 32 jobs so someone's got to lose <laughs> right right yeah um but yeah, no, he said all the right things today. I'm sure we'll go into parse out some of the quotes and go into those later. But um, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, at least. You know, we'll see who the head coach she brings Lon in. But right now, I mean, you can't really ask for anything more with the information we have. Yeah, and you know, I, I was with you. You know, I, I it's it's I think it's well documented here that I love what the Ravens do in terms of how they run things. I talk about that all the time. So I was you know in the Ian Cunningham kind of you know boat as well. Um, that was my my you know, favorite candidate. And, you know, I, I obviously knew Monty Austin for it was a candidate and knew he was, you know, well respected around the league. Um, I was kind of neutral on him. Um, now, obviously now that he's hired, looked a little bit more into him. I watched the entire press conference actually twice, um, you know, a few other interviews and, and generally speaking, I, I, I like the hire, um, you know, you know, you, you raise a good point And I mentioned this in my video, why wasn't, you know, he hired by the Titans? Uh, why wasn't he getting a job somewhere else? 
Um, and, but the, there are only so many job openings. There's only two GM job openings this year. So, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, someone has to lose out on that. Um, but he does seem to have the right resume, what you're looking for. Someone who worked his way up in multiple roles and kept moving up uh, was part of an organization that's known for having good processes. Um, that's what I want to look for. Um, you know, and people, again, people will talk about the results, but I, I've, I've used this quote all the time or this example all the time. Like you can't judge things completely by results because Jason Light <laughs> came from mm-hmm. the Cardinals, you know, and not to say we had great processes. He was, you know, a candidate who obviously had some things, ideas of his own that worked out. And, um, but you, you know, if you, you, it is a crapshoot to some degree, or at least, you know, you don't know until, until they're in the job. But if you're going to take a chance on someone, someone who comes from an organization with good processes, is I think where you look. Uh, so I agree. Um, you know, someone t- I saw some tweets about, um, you know, why wasn't he interviewed for the Titans job? And and Walter Mitchell, who writes for Re- uh, Revenge of the Birds, a friend of mine who I've done some podcasts with and such, responded. He actually did interview, but uh, apparently uh, Tennessee had not made a decision yet, and he was offered the job with the Cardinals. So he took the job. Um, so maybe it was that situation. Who knows whether or not he was going to have a chance. Obviously, they hired Rand Carthen from the 49ers. Uh, you know, I know for myself, the job I'm in now, I was offered a job and I had an interview lined up somewhere else that I you know, would have probably liked to go, but I had a job offer, so I took it. So I can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, I do suspect that maybe one of the reasons he didn't get the jobs in the past it, it, it is a couple things. One, I think, you know, his last position with the, with the Patriots was director of scouting. Uh, he didn't, he didn't get to that next position there, director of, of player personnel. Uh, he got that with, you know, he got one of those positions with the Titans and then had an interview that year, but didn't, but you know, get a job. Um, and I will say this now, this is complete speculation. Maybe you can tell me what you think about this. Now he came across as a little nervous um, and I watched some under, other interviews with him, and he's not as smooth a communicator as Steve Kime was. But Steve Kime was, in some ways, smooth like a snake, right? You know, so um, used car salesman, yeah. right? Right, exactly. So I have to wonder if maybe I mean I, I watched it carefully, and I, I communicate for a living. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't always get the words right myself. Uh, words are hard, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, there were a few mixed metaphors and a few gaffes that were minor and inconsequential he's not a polished speaker he looked nervous i wonder if that worked against him but obviously mm-hmm. that doesn't impact whether he can do the job well right he if he knows what he's doing and he's a good leader that doesn't matter at all like we said steve kime was as smooth as it comes as a communicator he he was quick with the wit he was smooth he was schmoozy but didn't mean he was a good gm right <laughs> so you know, that, that, that to me isn't a thing, but I wonder if that came into play. Bottom line is though, we've got a guy, we've hired him, has a good background. We're going to see what he can do. It seems like he has a good vision. Um, I'm going to throw some quotes out there from the interview and I'd like to get maybe your response and what you th- think about them. Uh, and how, uh, so one of the quotes that a lot of people have kind of talked about is he talked about how he's going to build the roster and he said, we are, we are not, just collecting talent we're going to build a team what are your thoughts on that that's funny because that's like seemingly in direct opposition to what kimes kind of philosophy was i mean that brings me back to that isaiah simmons draft where 
you know, 2020 Kyler's second year, we didn't need to spend a premium draft pick on a hybrid safety that no one knows what to do. There was just a, oh, he's a freak athlete. He'll fit somewhere. And that's definitely not at all how that works. Um, so, yeah, I think that was interesting. It's kind of seemed like he had some, like, points in his head that he already knew he wanted to, like, hit. And I think that kind of, like, saying to signify the changes from before. Um, so, yeah, I think that was interesting. And it's, like, right, you know? Like, sure, you can always take a chance occasionally on a freak, but it's usually on the late rounds where it's not mm-hmm. late rounds where we already have a pretty stacked roster where, like, where you can afford the luxury pieces, not... You know, we've already gone through this many times how stupid the Isaiah Simmons draft pick was. But, um, but yeah, no, you like, again, it's all about processes and bringing those processes to the Cardinals where it's seeming one of the uh, one of the uh, complaints or the criticisms that a lot of the outside of the organization would say is just seemed like Steve Kimes drafts were a crapshoot every year. Like every year there's a different like the new shiny object there's like a different philosophy every year. I mean, yeah. like Danny is a belly year. You can tell he just did the pff draft board because like <laughs> if you look at like i think the top four of pff's wide receivers Andy isabella was like one um hakeem butler was like three like you know like just absurdly it's like this dude just went yeah. down like this board like that's all he did yeah um but yeah so it's it's exciting so real quick, just a, a logistical note for those in the chat. I realize my chat is frozen, and I I can't I don't have any of your chat comments, but I just j- jumped on to the live stream on YouTube, and I can see there's a ton of comments. So I apologize that I haven't been responding to the chat. I'm gonna throw a quote out there. I'm gonna have you talk about it for a second. I'm gonna leave and come back, uh, Troy. So I'll give you the next quote, and then I'll be back in like 15 seconds. Cool. The next quote, and I know a lot of people latch onto this one. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. (laughs) We are going to look for focus driven and people that are willing to put the team first at every step of the way. And I will add to this kind of relate to that. He mentioned Buddha Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be. So I'm going to skip out for a second. I'll be right back. But once you, once you pontificate on that, we'll say try to get this. Ooh. Yeah, it's a spicy meatball there. Um, <laughs> for a while, I just thought the chat wasn't updating because no one likes us, apparently. I'm just kidding. Um, so that quote was interesting. Primarily, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, let's be adults here. I think we all we all know the media's uh, latching on to that quote and who they think it's targeted at, and that is Mr. Kyler Murray. But, like, Again, I'm a Kyler fan, so obviously my bias is probably showing a little bit, but I would go on the record and saying I don't think a GM who just got hired in his first ever public press conference is going to take shots at a quarterback he's stuck with for the next three years. Like, that doesn't sound like something a very smart man would do. So I think that was just more broad to the organization. I think Kime and the I mean, it's, I mean, it's professional athletes. Egos is part of it. That's what gets them to that level. I'm sorry, there's no professional athlete that's completely uh, egoless or you know, uh, what am I? Th- not selfish in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, but it's good to hear. Um, whether Kyler picks up on that or not, who knows? I mean, whatever. But it's a little disingenuous. I think some of the media's. I mean, they know why they're latching onto that. They want the clicks and all that stuff. And right. Kyler's low-hanging fruit these days. Um, but I think, again, I don't think he's taking bailed shots directly at a quarterback because why? You can be stuck with him for three years. Why are you trying to make your life more difficult than it needs to be? But Yeah. 
No, and I, I agree think. with you. I think the people are going to want to make that about Kyler. Um, they talked about it later. Um, and, you know, and someone asked him a follow-up question about that to elaborate on that. And he just talked about that. Then they also asked, was this something uh, that came from uh, Michael Bidwell's interviews with players? And he said it was. Basically, what it really was about was accountability. If the players said they wanted more accountability that they needed. So uh, I think I don't think it was intended to be just at Kyler, uh, I, you know, um, though, again, fans will want to make it that real quick. I, I got back in here and a lot more chat comments loaded up. I don't see new ones loading. So I suspect there's something weird where like the ones that are there when I jump in, I don't know. So easy. No steroids is here. Appreciate you being here. Um, we've got blazing monolith. Uh, he's saying no to Flores, uh, mono one eighty seven. Keep in mind that force had two OCs at once. Interesting. <laughs> That's his function. Uh, Tony Height. Uh, today was a breath of fair share for all Cardinals fans. I agree. Chris saying howdy, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's see. We got JD from Howdy from Texas. I lived in Texas for five years for grad school. I was in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we've got P. Trepek. Uh, would not mind Flores. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see who else is in here that's just jumped in. Let's see if there's anyone else that we haven't. Uh, said hey to grim dark hey that's me on the quote yes thank you for pointing out that was a great quote um we've got uh jp uh here no to be enemy we talked about that before i i'm also out on be enemy because of just things heard i don't know um we've got josh espinal thank you for being here i hope we take vance joseph if the saints try to fleece us for a coach with one year left on his contract Act. I, uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm out on Vance Joseph myself as head coach. We talked about before. I like Vance Joseph. I just don't love him as the head coach. Van, I would love. Uh, I think. Uh, I think uh, he's talking about Brian so he can make Kyle less of a baby. Yeah, I'm a Kyler <laughs> believer too, so I don't know about that. But I do like. I do. I'm not out on Brian Flores like some people are because I think there's some things he would bring culturally, and it's not about Kyler. Um, I know there's. I, I've heard conversations about what he was like in Miami, but there was also some disconnect between him and the man general manager and owner. And I think working with the GM who's from the Patriots system, I think there'd be more harmony. Uh, did you want, yeah, you want to jump in on that? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, first see Johnny Venable's tweet about this. It is hilarious. And it's like, what, Kyler, what life would be like with Brian Flores for Kyler Murray. And it's just hilarious tweets. Like this guy getting waking up in a prison bed. <laughs> from I like a that. drills from like a drill sergeant uh, yeah uh, it's hilarious yeah the brian flores it's like i know he's a good coach and he's like that mime defense was pretty legit when he was there mm -hmm. but like this the way he handled the tua situation is just so off putting and it's out it was just kind of seemed like short-sighted and like a knee-jerk mm -hmm. reaction like he would pull Tua if he's playing bad for like you know he threw like one or two picks pulled him and then, uh, you know, throw Ryan Tannehill, or not Tannehill, uh, Fitzpatrick back yeah. out there. He would get hurt. Two, now you're back in. Pull two, it was just, like, nonsensical. It's like, what are we doing here, man? Like, this, this is not how you treat a guy in a rookie contract. And now Kyler's not on his rookie contract anymore, so he kind of has a different set of rules. Like, he's professional. Like, you have to play to a higher standard. But I don't know. I just didn't – I just did not like the way he handled the Tua situation. Also, he's, like, yeah. partly suing the Cardinals at the same time. So, I yeah. don't know how that works. 
I mean, he's, it's, a, it's a suit with the NFL. You know, Steve Wilkes is on that and, and you know, the, with the Cardinals kind of part of that. And it's kind of a complicated situation. It's kind of weird. Yeah. That doesn't bother me so much. In fact, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a credit to the Cardinals that they're interviewing him despite that, in my opinion. They're like, I mean, well, apparently they loved him. Uh, I think it was the Wilkes year, 2019 mm. or something. They were interviewing him and they okay. loved him. And they yeah. think, almost pulled the trigger on it, but. I mean, I also have heard that 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 uh, Tua was not the quarterback he wanted in the draft. Uh, that you know he wanted Herbert, and you know I don't know. So maybe that's part of why that happened. Anyone who's coming in here is going to have to come in here like signing a disclaimer or whatever that yes, I want to coach Kyler Murray. So if he doesn't like so, Kyler right? Murray, right? So if he doesn't like Kyler Murray and want to work with Kyler Murray, he's not going to be hired. Um, so. And what if Kyler Murray gets along with him? You know, yeah. like who knows? Like yeah. what if what if what if everyone's completely wrong on Kyler? Probably not. I mean, that's usually not how this works. But like you know, what if that works for him? I mean, who knows? You know, I think people maybe the personalities mesh. I mean, Kyler's kind of a a little bit of a you know kind of a direct person and you know a little little I don't know abrasive a little bit in some ways, and maybe that works with them. So who knows, right? Um, I'm not. I, I think I'm. I'm not out on Brian Forge like some people are. Although there are some coaches I prefer to him, right? Um, yeah. Real quick, let me just say hey to a few more people. Then, and I'll say it looks like comments still aren't loading. So I'm going to say hi to the folks who are here. I apologize. I can't get to comments like I normally would. Stre- the streaming uh, software is being weird. Uh, but some folks who've jumped in here, Jordan P. Thanks for being here. So hard to gauge how he will do. I do think it's not fair to pin bad picks on him, but then it's also not right to say he's a winner because he was a scout for Pats either. And, you know, I, yeah, and I, I would generally agree with that. I don't, and I, here's the thing, like, and I keep using this, this, these terms, but it's not about, I mean, they say it about being a winner or you or loser. And those are these vague kind of things. Again, for me, it's, it's best practices and processes. What processes have you learned and practices have you learned? And then do you have the leadership, you know, abilities and the interpersonal stuff? And, you know, it's to me, it's not about he was a winner as much as he he developed processes in an organization that I that I I think does things well. Right. The Patriots, especially when you talk about drafting defense and offensive line, they do that particularly well areas that we need. Um, so, you know, with with me, again, it's you're taking a chance in a guy who learned his processes somewhere that I think they have good processes. That's really kind of what it is. Um, we've got Chris R. I'm cautiously optimistic about Monty. Thanks for being here. We've got Saltiest Gamer saying, what's up, everyone? Uh, we've got Brian Perkins, Elwan, Joe, you're the man. Thanks for all your hard work. Brian is such a kind person, always very supportive. I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you for, for being here. Uh, we have Cruz Aispuro. A uh, channel member, thank you for your support. As long as we win, the head coach could be a cactus for all I care. Amen to that, right? Uh, Howard, thanks for being here. Uh, I, I wouldn't hold it against him for not getting a GM position. BA missed out before finally getting a head coach job. That worked out pretty darn good. You're right. Grimdark points out something. Jason Light came from the Patriots before he was with the Cardinals. That's interesting, right? People are kind of saying, well, Patriots – folks don't aren't successful you know and has as head coaches mike vrabel's kind of been the most successful of them and they haven't you know brian flores is like the second most successful the you know so the, the yeah. with the coaches that's fair with the gms you've got you know the guy in texas you know with the texans you know that's 
maybe it's a little lukewarm on him, but you know, light came through there. So that's interesting to note. Um, see, there's a few more folks. Kyler Murray apologists. Flores is an Amtrak trail derailment. <laughs> so I guess you're against him. Um, let's see. And I think Daryl Gray, thanks for being here. Kaim has been selling snake oil for years. We got level seven. I think Vance or Flores is getting the job. I don't think Vance is. I just don't. Um, I don't know. You, maybe you can comment on that. No, I don't think so either. I think the external GM hiring kind of put the kibosh on that. I would generally agree. I think that uh, if, yeah, I think if they were hiring Vance, they were probably also going internal. That I, And I, in general, like I like Vance. I like, I like, what kind of leader he is. He, I always enjoyed his press conferences. Um, although it was kind of funny, like usually like he always, like whenever someone was asking a question, he always like went before they're half ready. He's like, yep. Right. Uh-huh. Or, you know, uh-huh. like he's ready. He's waiting for them yeah. to finish like three words in. He knows what they're asking. He wants them to shut up. So he can answer. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think they're interviewing him as a courtesy. I think they're interviewing him to be able to say that they've, you know, gone cast a wide net and maybe they're sincere about considering him. But as I've said before, like in the end, if nothing else, I think they're going to, some of the candidates they are going to interview are just going to interview, are going to have a better plan and are going to have a be better candidates than Vance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just think he's not going to end up getting the job. Um, so um, he talked a little bit about, you know, wanting to build, um, keep everyone on the same page, you know, you built how players, coaches, staff, you know, wants a complete organizational understanding of what they're doing um, and, and what they're trying to accomplish. You know, talk about whether you're a player or a coach or the person, you know, who's taping up ankles or serving food. We all need to kind of know what we're doing on the same page, you know, and for me, I, I think when there, I've seen a lot of people who talk about, you know, the, their concerns about organizational culture, that certainly seems to be the right kinds of things you want to hear. Now, saying it and doing it are two different things. Um, but he also talked about trying to build a sustainable program. He, he said, we're trying to build a sustainable program here. This is not a short-term fix. So we want a coach that sees the big picture. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Talking about one to a sustainable program, not short-term fix. Because I think a lot of fans in recent years have been talking about putting all the chips in and wanting to go for it. And I've, as a fan have not kind of been in that. I'm like, I want to build a sustainable program, right? That, so that's for me, you know, music to Myers, but what are your th- thoughts about, about what he's saying in terms of the culture and, and his, his approach for building? Well, the organizational alignment is desperately needed. I mean, with Isaiah and Zavin drafts, you know, those were two first rounds to didn't play and famously in the Zavin Collins, draft and and the clips this isn't a red shirt your buddy you're playing you're playing jordan <laughs> right. hicks and uh devondre campbell or is there Roger campbell on that year i think was I, no i think uh that was no yeah there. yeah it but was, yeah jordan hicks was all over the place and it's just yeah. like what what is this um and again it's the frustrating is like well why are we drafting players that vance doesn't want to play and another reason, too, why I don't want Vance, because if we do use our third pick for Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, they're not going to see the field. So <laughs> if Vance is there. So I think that is so desperately needed. And there's, again, just there was such a sprite from the beginning. They kind of handed 
it's like they when they hired cliff it's like they didn't really let him grow like they just kind of had the kitty gloves and they never took him off and whether kimes liked that control over that or like that control or you know whatever but it wasn't working out so i'm happy that there seems to be alignment on that in terms of sustainable i mean absolutely you always want teams like who knows who knows how like your window is going to be open so i think if you don't have to push all the chips in like who knows how long this rams rebuild is going to take it take a very long time and do you want to have three or four years of awful terrible football i mean like the texans have been tailspinning now for after that last playoff exit or no even before that you mean deshaun watson had like a three-win season i believe right like it was something bad yeah so like you don't want that you can't push all your chips in because sometimes you don't know that window's coming back quarterbacks can leave pretty easily now yeah look at look at the ravens we talk about how much we love them who know what that team's gonna look like when lamar jackson comes doesn't come back if he does you know like tyler Huntley's not the answer mm-hmm. so yeah I think it's important to have players, teams, and like again, a unified culture going moving in one direction as a unit. Because if you don't, then if you lose your playoff window or you know, or your Super Bowl window, like it might not come back for a long time. Yeah. And I think you know, people like to talk about the Rams as the example. You know, they made the big moves and they they won a championship, and that can happen, right? And and you know, and maybe it being a you know, this is a little bit going back, but being Arizona fans, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks did that for their World Series and then struggled for a long time after that. Um, you know, that's tempting as a fan to want to kind of go all in. But like you, it's it's such a risk, risky proposition, because if you miss, then you set yourself up to be in a, a really messy real rebuild, an ugly rebuild that that takes, a you know, a lot just you have to eat a bunch of dead cap. You have to, you know, you have all these players, you, older players. And I'm just a believer. Like you just need, what you need to do is build a team that has, that can get to the playoffs more often than they don't. And if you get to the playoffs, you have a puncher's chance. I mean, Philadelphia 100%. won with Nick Foles, right? You, you so many times you see, yes, of course, a team that has someone like Tom Brady, um, you know, and like the Patriots is going to win a lot if you have the goat uh, or if you have Pat Mahomes, you have a better chance. But if you have a team that can get there consistency consistently, you just need to get hot at the right time. Right. And you, you saw the giants won a couple of super couple super bowls that way. The Ravens won, you know, with Trent Dilfer that way, like you, what you want to do is build a team that can get into the playoffs more years than not. And, and, and you're going to have a chance. If you put all your chips in on that one shot to try to build a super team, it might end up like the Rams, but might also end up like the Eagles did back with like Nande, or Nami Asuma or whatever his name is, the quarterback, that, and they signed the super team of, I think, you know, Terrell Owens, I think, might have been on the team if I remember correctly. Like the, the Eagles did that like in the early 2000s. Try to build a super team, and it didn't work, right? Um, so, you know... It, it works when it works, but I'd rather, you know, build a sustainable team and have those chances, uh, you know, like that. So that, that's my take. So I like that. Um, if, yeah. Yeah. If NFL season was like, you know, NASCAR or like soccer where you just accumulate points throughout a season, then whoever has the most at the end is the winner. Then like that, of course, then going putting chips in makes more sense. I mean, 
but it's not like look with baseball the dodgers were the best team in the regular season bounced out in the first round because you know they had a bad series and you can't really have that methodology like yeah in the football because mm-hmm. once playoffs happen it's you know gloves are off like just what happened this weekend like look how many close games like the bills almost lost to dolphins on a third string quarterback right the Bengals almost lost to the ravens on their second string quarterback like it's it becomes a whole different game it's like the same basketball like playoff basketball the whole the math changes it's like down to eight guys and whoever's got the best eight guys wins the series and nfl's kind of like that in a way where it just comes different things margins come tighter and the so yeah if you can just get there and obviously divisions kind of help that uh or not so if you have in a weaker division it's a little bit easier but Mm -hmm. uh hopefully in terms of ours in our division that uh the rams and seahawks are setting and uh and i say seattle because i think this year is an aberration they're gonna suck all right they are i'm sorry that's me just (laughs) being spiteful uh so yeah who knows the powers could be shifting for sure yeah, so um, you know, I, I like that approach as well. Um, I just if everyone, I can see your comments on the. I'm watching comments on the YouTube video, but I can't pin them. FYI, um, uh, someone mentioned, you know, I uh, there was a video that I, I shared this on Twitter after it was shared by Rashad uh, Paynes in the Discord. It was a video from the Patriots organization from a few years back when when Austin Austin Fort was part of the organization. And he was featured a lot. So it was really interesting to see that. And, um, you know, uh, Bob is saying here in the comments, I watched a video with the new GM on the Patriots channel. And he said, rule number one is don't draft or scout with your heart. Be real and do what's best for the team. Right. I like those kinds of approaches. Right. Um, so, you know, um, I, I, I like what we're seeing there. Right. Um, Easy No Steroids is saying, read my comment, Joe Camus. Let's see. (laughs) Hitman Monty is here to see a-holes and elbows. Okay. Is that the comment? Uh, I I can't pin it, so I apologize for that. Um, So, um, so I I like, you know, any of this... I heard someone... I'm going to butcher this. Someone said this in Discord that like... Like... uh, Like... uh, Again, I'm going to totally butcher this, but like, you know, would you rather take Steve Kime making the pick or like uh, a monkey flipping a coin, right? <laughs> you know, like, so like, coin every time, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, um, but like, you know, even like if it's, even if he's an average competent GM, it's an improvement. I think he can be better, but that's an improvement. But like, uh, that was Grimdark again, he's saying, yes. Uh, so like Grimdark's just featuring all the great quotes tonight. So, well, like all, in all seriousness, I, I, I know this is, this is going to sound a little bit optim, overly optimistic maybe, but I really think there is the potential for this to be a, a pivotal point in this organization's history. Look at it this way. We have a new GM after having a really bad GM for a long time. We, whatever you might think, we have a franchise quarterback in place, but this new GM is coming in with some really good draft capital to work with. The third overall pick, the third pick, you know, in subsequent rounds, plus three compensatory picks, one in the third, one in the fifth, and one in the sixth, most likely. Like, that's some good draft capital to work with. Like, 
if they get this, if they get this right, this could be a major turning point. New GM, and uh, you know, and uh, a, some really good draft capital to work with, right? And a team that, if you can just fix the offensive line and add some pieces on defense, I think is ready to contend in the NFC at least, right? To compete in the NFC. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of potential to that. Real quick, um, Sam uh, Sakaria has a super chat. Sam, I can't pin your super chat because I, the the streaming software is being weird, so I, I really apologize for that. But Sam has asked a question. Joe, what do you think about Ken Dorsey as our potential head coach? A trial that you get to start. What are your thoughts on Ken Dorsey? And then I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on that after you share your thoughts. He's the Bills OC right now, right? Yes. Is that Leslie Frazier? Okay. Yeah. Leslie Frazier is the defensive coordinator for the Bills, yes, right? correct. Okay. Um, Ken, I mean – yeah, but like, I feel like the Bills are kind of stuttering a little bit this year, mm-hmm. and that whether that's Josh Allen, like Josh Allen's kind of regressing a bit, injury or not, I don't know. Um, I think Dable was clearly the the crown jewel there. I mean, aside mm-hmm. from the head coach, um, so I'm always a little wary. Like, I always get nervous about like coaching trees getting picked too clean, and you want to be yeah. the like, you know. Because I feel like that, that happened to us with Wilkes and um and the Bills head coach um because they were both at Carolina, and I'm blanking on the Bills head coach Sean name. McDermott. Sean McDermott. He was the DC. I believe Wilkes was like the linebackers coach. Then went to DC. Okay, then yeah. came to us. Correct or it was like a weird thing, but like we didn't get the good one. We, we yeah. got the rotten tomato, and they got the crown jewel. Um, to put it frankly, um, which is hey, Wilkes is turning out. I think. Turned out to be, you know, be an all right coach, I believe. But which I mean, it's I so funny. Some... We were talking yeah. earlier in the season. We we're like, when people asked, do we, do we feel like we screwed up Steve Wilkes? And we we're both like, no, he hasn't done anything since then. So, like, I don't feel like we screwed up. And then he ended up being a pretty good interim coach. So it's like, well, guess we're wrong. <laughs> I follow some uh, some Panthers content creators. I know Grandizer also follows uh, PMP, I think, uh, podcast. They do some really good work. I was, I did a, a thing with them when we played them really great uh youtube channel for for mm-hmm. uh panther stuff but i follow them on twitter and i'll tell you panthers fans a lot like they like wilkes a lot of them want him as head coach like so um you know take that for what it's worth right so yeah um I mean, yeah yeah um but yeah so ken dorsey i don't know i can always wary of getting the wrong you know catching the hot potato essentially um i think the options we have now Peyton's still in it. I know people have gotten a little quiet, but he's still head-to-head favorite with Flores now. Um, mm-hmm. And Benjamin Albright, the Denver NFL kind of insider, mm-hmm. who knows a lot apparently because he talks about every team. Yeah, he thinks that um, our hiring of the of Monty only strengthens our chance at Peyton, not weakens it. Which some people thought, oh, they hired a GM. Sean's not going to go there because mm-hmm. he wants total control, but every other team he's linked with has a GM. So I think that point is kind of null and void at this point. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I think you make a good point about kind of, you know, those coaching trees at some point, they've kind of gotten a little too bare. I think Ken Dorsey, my thoughts on him. I mean, you know, he, he, it's the resume you want, right? An offensive coordinator with a really good team. For me, I feel like maybe he's another year or two away before be be um from really uh, being a guy who should be a head coach. I think the potential's there. I think he probably though needs a little more seasoning there. 
is my opinion um, for the reasons, kind of some of the reasons you talked about, you know, the, the whole thing about uh, Josh Allen regressing, we've talked about this a lot, the shifts in defense in the NFL. So you wonder how much of it is that that's really not so much him regressing, but is really just like all most quarterbacks struggling unless they play a certain style or have an offensive scheme that can kind of overcome that. Like the dolphins actually, when they were clicking at, their offense really did a good job of the same. Know, yeah. Yeah. Notifying that. So for me, he's not the top of my list. I, you know, I think there's, there's people, I, there's people I like better than him. D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I wish mm-hmm. Ben Johnson were still, you know, a candidate, but he's not obviously Sean Payton, um, you know, but if they did, they ended up hiring him. I wouldn't be like up in arms it's just there's other people I like so i think he's a name worth discussing right he certainly mm-hmm. deserves conversation um but i think maybe he's a year or two from being ready but we'll see right um so that's that's a good good thought there um so you know there's there's a lot of talk about what to expect you know i think i think though you know and i'm i shared that tweet earlier but i think cardinals fans need to prepare themselves that this is not going to be a big splash free agency i think what you're going to see in free agency is you're going to see some offensive linemen you're going to you're probably going to see some players that have history with whoever they hire as coach because you always see that they bring in kind of some Mm -hmm. journeyman veterans who um come in to help kind of establish the culture establish the culture expedite the the implementing of the system things like that. So I think what you're going to see is they're going to hit on a few key positions. I think you're going to also see um, that they're not going to go with big time splash signings and they're going to go with guys who have history with that coach. Um, Do you think hop stays or goes? And that's a great, great, great question because people are commenting on it like, hey, we're going to have even more draft capital when they trade him. So I want to actually read a quote from Michael Bidwell because he was asked about that in the press conference. And I think his response is actually, he's, is, he doesn't say any much, but it's, it's still to me kind of telling. So someone was asked, you know, there's been speculation about DeAndre Hopkins getting traded. Is that going to happen? And, uh, you know, when they asked, they were asking Monty, you know, but I was, they said, but if you want to, you know, comment on this, obviously, Mr. Bidwell, you know, and Monty just looked at Michael Bidwell and did not. <laughs> he wisely uh, deferred. Uh, but Michael stated, uh, you know, we talked about a number of things, but those are just some of the things that he, Austin Ford, is going to be evaluating. So as he said, he's only been in the building for a few hours. He doesn't even know his way around. So I think he'll be working on that in the coming weeks. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more. Like if you're, if, if, if you have no intention, (laughs) right. If you have no intention of trading Hopkins, you're going to, you're not, you're going to say, you know, we're, we're not in the business of getting rid of great players. We love what Hopkins brings. Uh, We don't, you know, we don't have any plans to trade him. Um, But to me, that answer suggests it's going to happen. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, they're just they're throwing it out there. They're suggesting it because they want to see what offers they're going to get. Yeah. They want to see what teams are going to throw at them. You know, I mean, hell, every Saints fan says that's a give us Hopkins, we'll give you Peyton, and like you know Hopkins in a set, whatever you know, whatever magical numbers they want to throw to get Peyton. Who knows? So yeah, I think I think if again, I don't think as long as they don't get fleeced or you know 
gives Hopkins away for pennies, then I'm for the move away because I think you got to rip the bandit off. You know, mm-hmm. it's either now or next year. So, um, and again, the way he's coming from the Patriots, never had a dominant receiving core. So it was like Julian Edelman, <laughs> and Wes Wilker was like their backbone of their receiver core for a long time. So maybe he'll, his first move is probably going to get Andy Isabella back, unfortunately. Oh, no. But they had Ronnie, Randy Moss for a short stretch. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, great. Yeah. But no, they always, in that part of that's their offense, they attacked the middle of the field. So they always worked mm-hmm. with the tight ends and the slot receivers and didn't really emphasize his outside receivers. Um, so that's, you know, the Patriots kind of offense. And that's, but that's their, their coaching, you know. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I love DeAndre Hopkins as a player. I loved him when he was with the Texans. I just always appreciate oh, yeah. the way he played the game. Um, you know, he seems like a good person in the community um, and things like that. Um, but, you know, he's, I've said, I said this, you know, before, he's going to be 32 years old by the time this team is realistically ready to make any waves, right, in 2024. Yeah, I don't blame him for wanting to move. Like, he's only got one or two years left of yeah. peak you know, of his career, maybe. You know, he might want to be one of those guys that goes out earlier than later. Um, mm-hmm. So you got to maximize it while you can. So I don't blame him. And I have to wonder, and this just occurred to me, just watching his his teammate, longtime teammate and friend, J.J. Watt, retire in a way that, listen, I love everything that the organization did for Watt, what the 49ers did for him. I'm not a 49ers fan, but much respect to what they did at the game. And I love the what we got to see on on uh, Hard Knocks, the behind the scenes stuff. And JJ Watt is a rare human being in, in so many ways. Um, but I think he watched him go out <laughs> with the Cardinals on a losing I know, season, right? getting and blown I, out of that game too. <laughs> right. And I think as much as he loves Watt, he I have to wonder if he's looking at it and thinking that's not what I want for my last couple of years. Oh, you know no. yeah, get me to a contender. And, you know, people have speculated, and I, 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 I'm not the first person to say this, uh, but the Patriots actually would be an interesting destination. Yeah, but are they going to be a contender, though? Um, you, you know, they're not a top contender, but Belichick, you never count him out. I mean, for sure. Know, so, that division's so and, tough. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. And Mac throwing to you. Oh, Lord yeah. have mercy, Mac Jones. Now, I've seen someone, Howard mentioned this in the chat, D Hop for Peyton. And let me, and I've seen other people say that, but like, Hopkins has to waive a no trade clause, and I would be shocked if he was willing to go to New Orleans. I just don't see that happening. They are going to be in cap hell this next year, like sixty million over if they don't cut players. They don't have a quarterback. You believe? Like if if he wants to leave the Cardinals because it's a mess or they're not going to ready to win, the Saints don't even have a quarterback, and they don't have a pick to take that quarterback this year. Uh, I believe so. Like they're in worse situation, right? So mm-hmm. he, I don't, I just, yeah, for the Cardinals perspective, if you can trade Diop for Peyton, don't have to give up your first round pick. That's great. But I just, to me, I just don't see that as happening, but I do, you know, I think, yeah, I think Hopkins is going to move. I don't, I'm not, I don't hate it. I would like it if we could keep him, but I don't, if he wants to go, then, you know, I hope he goes somewhere and gets, you know, and successful and we get some draft picks that we can build with. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, other thoughts on, on this, anything else? Like I've kind of 
mention some quotes from the press conference. Was there anything else that stood out to you about the press conference or thoughts on uh, the Ossifort hiring, Ossifort hiring, what it means, how he's going to approach things, or anything else that that you want to clear from your notebook we haven't had a chance to talk about? Um, just one thing was, I know a lot of people were kind of concerned, worried about um, like some of the Titans stuff, like the AJ Brown mm-hmm. trade or the Titans kind of inability to draft really that great in this past two draft classes. You have to remember what his job title is. It was like player de- or you player know, personnel. The- personnel and if you look up i think i saw this on i believe it was k1 since day one's twitter feed about what that job title entails his job strictly just getting free agents and scouting other players on teams into the Mm. door into playing and if you look what the titans were doing they were very good at that at getting bodies in to fill because titans were like probably one of the most like if not the most injured team like next to us like right there this year yeah and they ran it till the end i mean they almost beat the they almost beat the Jags on the last game to get into the playoffs with Josh Dobbs. Like they were really good at just filling bodies and getting them going and playing, you know, well, that's probably, and that's a Rabel thing too. But so that has to make you feel good about it. That like the job title he had, like he was very good at that position. Yeah. I, I remember when, when they promoted uh, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris kind of to the interim kind of co GMs or whatever, looking at their original job titles, um, and you know, the, there's the, pro, like it's play develop, uh, what, uh, director of player personnel and developer or, uh, and develop our director of pro, pro pro personnel or something. There's these two titles that are often used yeah. and I, I forget which one is which, but one tends to be focused more on scouting in the draft. And the other is more focused on free agency and scouting other teams, players, and things like that. That's kind of loosely how those two divide up. So it sounds like he was more the free agency and scouting other teams players side of things. So, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how it works out. I, I like what I saw. I thought he came across as sincere, thoughtful, um, you know, Johnny Venerable tweeted about how, you know, every person who asked a question in the media, he always responded with your, saying their name back to him as hell. Uh, it's nice to meet you, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that, that matters, you know, as you know, that those kinds of little things matter, you know, and that Steve kind maybe didn't always treat people that way. Um, I liked what I heard in terms of his approach and what he plans, how he plans to approach building the team. I liked everything I heard. And, um, you know, and I liked that again, he seemed like a genuine person who I think people will respond to that much more than they will to the snake oil kind of Steve mm-hmm. Kime, right? Um, so I'm optimistic. We, he's, we got to see, you know, we have to see how it works out um, over time. Uh, he's got to in, implement those processes and they've got to work. We've got to get the right coach. But I am cautiously optimistic, right? So, yeah. I wonder what Cliff Kingsbury thought when Frank Reich interviewed He's like, if you wanted someone to lose down the stretch, you had him in the building. Like, what are we doing, guys? Come on now. We let's talk about this just a little bit. Like Frank Reich, um, like you know, a couple of the the you know, D'Amico Ryan's is a candidate I know I like, and I think you 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 view him positively. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Brian Flores, a defensive minded coach that people don't view as favorably. I like Brian Flores. I maybe I'm just maybe an outlier. I I like the fact that he just spent. He basically just got to work under Mike Tomlin for a while. So I think he's going to pull something from that. Um, But, um, you know, 
regardless of, you know, where you go there, like you're going to need an offensive coordinator. So, you know, Frank Reich isn't maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't great, uh, um, you know, uh, as a head coach, he had his moments, but he had you know, also had some issues, but, you know, maybe if you're going with the defensive coordinator, you, you know, they interviewed Frank Reich and you bring him as offensive coordinator. He's been successful there. Uh, you know, I mean, how would you feel about Reich as an offensive coordinator with one of those defensive type coaches? Oh, um, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah, it's uh, the thing that worries me is when the Colts defenses, Colts offense is good. They were running the ball effectively and well, and they had a pretty good offensive line. I don't know if we have the personnel to do that per se. Um, but I mean, I like. That Eagles team is good. He gets he kind of he does well with the quarterbacks. I mean, he kind of just got let down by Wentz there in the end, which is the story of everyone's life. I'm okay. I'm not. He doesn't fire me up. You know who does fire me up? And he's been names been circled as Todd. Have you been seeing this, Joe? I was on it early. Todd Monken. His name's been circled okay. around. He's he's not going to go. He's going to stay at Georgia. But I oh just, yeah, okay. But people are talking about him. I was like, I was on it. I was on it early. You, you were an early adopter, as they say. Early adopter. <laughs> nice. Um, but the thing that worries me, like, out of all the playoff coaches, they left. Seven of them are offensive mm-hmm. head coaches, and, like, there's only one defensive one. So, yeah, that trend is slightly worrying. But. <sighs> that Yeah, and, you know, that's the way the league has gone in. So, you know, I'm more – I'm a little – we talked about this, I think, last week. You know, I'm not completely out on the defensive – coach thing but you've got to get it right you got to get the personnel right but like if you have a good defense you have you're a lower variance team right you you can win ugly games and you can mm-hmm. win games when your offense is on right and and so i i like that it's you know it's not as sexy as the 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 high-flying offense but i feel like it's 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 you know um there's uh less variance right mm-hmm. um the standard deviation is lower mm-hmm. <laughs> statistically speaking, but, but I also like going with an offensive coach. So, you know, obviously though, Sean Payton is, is the, the big fish, you know, in the scene, everyone's talking about, and, you know, you mentioned that Benjamin Albright, who I follow on Twitter, you know, and seems, even though he's focusing on the Broncos seems to be connected and have, you know, knowledge about what's going on, thinks that that's going to increase their chances because, you know, because I think, one of the things they're saying is, you know, they're all Belichick guys or, or uh, uh, Parcells guys, right? You know, um, and maybe that's it. But then someone else tweeted who I, I won't say who because this person I think is blocks too many people and is not and gets in their DMs and doesn't be mentioned by name. Uh, sub- tweeted that supposedly people in Peyton's camp uh, say that he's upset that the Cardinals hired a GM without consulting him. But you brought up the point that like, like all the GM positions are open now. It's like he, we were the only place where he was going to maybe potentially have some say in that. Um, so like he doesn't get to pick his GM anywhere other than picking the job, I guess, where he likes the GM. So I don't understand how that guy has a job. Cause he's just the worst <laughs> person on the planet. We all know what we're talking about. Yes. Rhymes the, with, the, uh, Barecki or whatever you want to say. Um, yes. Used, used to work for the Cardinals, uh, media yeah. and is, blocks everyone i I, I used to be blocked and i literally never commented on anything he ever did or replied somehow i got blocked and i don't know why and i kind of raised a big stink on twitter even tagged 
Mark Dalton of the Cardinals, just like, hey, you know, you're, you, it's a bad look for you. A guy represents you is doing this. And, and, and a bunch of people commented and whatever. And, and like, yeah, I've been blocked too. And then I'm not blocked by him. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you made or why it through I the got gates. blocked. I made just it to I the ninth to, ring of hell. Right. I have to wonder if literally like his boss, Mark Dalton, saw the tweet and because a bunch of people because well, not because it's me, but because a bunch of people commented on it yeah. and had a talk with him. You gotta stop. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't work for them anymore. I think he, he doesn't. Works for does work for the radio station or he's I don't know got, what he does. I think he's got his own podcasting. So anyway, yeah. Oh, have fun with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know with Peyton, you know, he was just on the herd and he didn't mention he was interviewing the Cardinals, but mm-hmm. he's supposed to. And people kind of took that. I mean, who knows? His favorite, his odds are still co favorites with Flores, 350. Um, but again, again, those, the Vegas coaches hired and fired polls are always so like Cliff was the favorite to be fired for like two years in a row. Right. So, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So. And you know I'm not I'm not into ga- uh, gambling or betting much, but I, I and I don't know a ton about that stuff, but I know just a little bit, and I know those Vegas lines are part of function of what they think will happen, but they're also part of function of where the betting action is and exactly. trying to influence that. Mm-hmm. So I think percent. yeah, so I think Brian Flores being like one of the top people in the betting, for example, is part because he is a serious candidate with those connections, but it's also part that so many people are now starting to bet on him. They want to minimize their mm-hmm. liability if he is the head coach, right? By making the odds, yeah. the payout less, right? The interesting and maybe slightly worrying thing about Flores is like, he's only been linked to us for head coach, like mm. as a head coach. Like, I don't, I don't think he's linked to anywhere else. Yeah. So that should be like, why is he not going anywhere else? Like, why is he only want to come to us? Like, or whatever, you know, that's weird. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Let me throw another wrinkle out yeah. there. He's he not a defensive coordinator right now. Right? No, he's His, a linebackers coach. Steelers, yes, right? Right. Yeah. And maybe some other thing added on assistant, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, you know, you see it sometimes where people come in in an interview for the head coaching position, but then end up becoming, a, a, you know, it's also an interview for a coordinator. So there's also the chance that he ends up being a coordinator, right? So candidate. So depending on who they are. So, it's interesting too because like the rumors was Sean Payton and Vic Fangio were teaming up, mm-hmm. creating a super, super team <laughs> of coaches. And uh, but he interviewed separately, kind of as a DC coordinator for the Panthers. And he's like, mm-hmm. I think it's the only interview I've ever heard of him going. Just yeah, interesting. I don't know if that thing's still happening or maybe he's just going to get a job that he can get or you know. <sighs> yeah, there's a there's a point where the jobs start running out. You know. So. I think Johnny Venerable kind of put it good as like, we're not hearing much about like Bidwell's kind of keeping things close to the chest. Like no one really knew if Cliff was going to get fired. Some people had good ideas, but no one really knew. Um, no one knew Oz and or Monty was going to be the, the candidate until like it was announced. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. There's a lot going on. It is an exciting time though. Like we said, you know, ding dong, <laughs> the witch is dead. Kime isn't the general manager. Uh, someone other than Steve Kime is going to be making the picks this year. Like to me, like we said earlier, give me give me the monkey flipping the coin over Steve Kime right mm-hmm. at this point. 
Um, so, you know, like that's exciting. We're going to have a new head coach. Yes. There's some apprehension about who it's going to be. And certainly if it is, you know, someone that is disappointing, it could be a very wah wah moment for fans, <laughs> but there's still some excitement and, you know, there's a lot coming ahead. We're going to be talking about it as it comes down the pipeline. Um, and one other thing I want to, before we get, get ready to get out of here, cause we've gone over an hour mock draft Mondays starting this next Monday. I'm going to start putting some stuff out on social media about it, but we will start Mock Draft Mondays next week on Monday, um, Monday night. So watch for that. Uh, if you haven't been part of Mock Draft Mondays, it's a lot of fun. You're, you're going to be able to submit your mock drafts to me on Twitter or in Discord, and I will put, if you submit a mock draft, uh, it will get up on the screen. So um, it's a lot of fun. We'll have a, I'll have some guest hosts rotating uh you know, Troy's going to be joining me uh, for some uh, episodes and we'll kind of rotate folks in. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so definitely watch for that. Um, as we get out of here, Troy, anything you want to mention, shout out before we get out of here? No, I just, I do want to say like, uh, that was even talked about the last episode of hard, hard knocks was kind of sad. I felt yeah bad, like especially for cliff. I mean, I don't feel that bad again. He's, he's in uh, Thailand apparently now with his, yes wonderful looking girlfriend so he if that's sad then uh, sign me up a thousand times but um uh i was surprised you know that they showed him addressing his coaches saying you know yeah all right sorry um like i felt you know you definitely got the raw end of the deal a little bit but and the jj watt stuff is great that's great to yeah. see and you know i just want to say it was like, for how much crap we kind of gave it and how they kind of skirted some things it's a really well done program like even my girlfriend likes watching it she hates watching football she could uh-huh. not care less but she loves watching hard knocks because she likes seeing what the players and the storylines and kind of all that stuff and it's it's fun so i think other hard knocks is good and i hope you guys all watched it because i i i mean i might even watch more now yeah like the other teams who i don't even really care about but I watch it every, every preseason at least. And I watch every mm-hmm. episode and I agree. Like, you know, sometimes it's a little, they don't, they don't give you any substance in some episodes, but to me as a Cardinals fan, I still love watching every bit of it anyway. And I agree with you. That last episode was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing that the, the, the JJ watch stuff, all of hit all the feels, right. Mm-hmm. Just hit all the feels. Uh, I'm with you on that. And yeah, like it's, you, you don't want to feel, you don't feel sorry for, for, for a man who is wealthy dating an Instagram model and gets, is now going to get paid, you know, to do whatever, but he seemed like a good dude. Things we've heard, I've heard on, so, seen on social media, people who work in random positions in in the organization said, dude, he was, he was really good to all of us. Um, and it felt like maybe he got the, you know, a little bit of the raw end of the deal, uh, seems like a good dude. Hope he ends up getting, you know. Uh, Do you think he works this year? Or do you think he takes the year off? Well, he was quoted as telling teams he's not interested. He's not interested. Like people reached out to him about being the offensive coordinator, and he said he's not at this time interested. Um, maybe he'll get, um, you know, a job late. Maybe someone will bring him on late. I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say he probably is going to take a year off, uh, live his best life as well. He should. I'm and curious, like, if he's even going to be a, like, do people even want him after you take a year off? You know, you kind of fade in, like, people want, like, mm. like, I feel like Jim Caldwell, it was like, you know, very respected head coach, offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's, he can't get a job, but like, you know, his name floats around, but he's had not a job in a couple of years. 
you almost have to strike while the iron's hot, like and keep it going. You know, I think one year off, he'll get it. He'll, someone will bring him in as an offensive coordinator. I think he's mm-hmm. I and I it, people keep saying that the Patriots for him, and I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, as a place for him, so. I, I McVeigh, think McVay wants him, which that would just be hilarious. Right, that would be <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think he'll end up somewhere. I think he'll take one season off. I think he'll come back. I do think he'll he'll get a job somewhere. Um, as and I think he's, you know, people this and this isn't again. This is not news. I'm saying here. This is he's he said he doesn't want to go back to college. He doesn't want to do that. Um, he's not going to be a college head. He, maybe he might be a coordinator, but I think even if you're a coordinator there, you have to be involved in the recruiting stuff. So he probably wants none of that. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to come back in the NFL as a coordinator somewhere. Um, and maybe eventually become a head coach again. And, you know, we talked about that before, maybe do a good job once he's learned if you know, had some season. Mm-hmm. But, so we'll see, you know, uh, for sure. Um, I want to real quick and remind everyone, listen, uh, Folks in the chat, thank you all for being here. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, but if you came in late, this 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 the the software I, or the the website I use for streaming is being weird, so it's not loading your comments. So I haven't been able to put new comments on the on the on the uh, up on the the stream, but I've been reading your comments um, as I can lately. So thank you all. I apologize if I didn't say hi to everyone, but I definitely appreciate you. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, uh, hanging out with you guys. Um, and there's going to be a lot more coming. We're excited. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the uh, shout outs to the channel members. Uh, and then we're going to get out of here. Thank you all. And everyone, peace.